0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of Shop Talk, A Midsummer Night's Dream. During today's episode, we're going to be reading Act 1, Scene 1, which is essentially going to introduce us to the main setting of the play, as well as a few of the main characters. We're going to see that the play is centered around a wedding, a wedding between Theseus and Hippolyta. And as these two characters begin to prepare for their wedding, a man named Aegeus comes in with a problem. He's frustrated that his daughter will not marry the man that he wants her to. We're gonna see how this argument starts a chain of events, which ultimately creates all the drama in this play, which is one of Shakespeare's most well-known, most beloved comedies. So sit back, and as you do so, you are going to need to have your book open in front of you so that you can keep track of who is speaking when. So listen, pay attention, and we'll talk about this in class. Enjoy. A Midsummer Night's Dream, Act One, Scene One. Enter Theseus, Hippolyta, and Philostrate with others.
1: Now fair Hippolyta, our nuptial hour, draws on a pace. Four happy days bring in another moon. But oh, methinks how slow this old moon wanes. She lingers my desires, like to a step dame or a dowager long withering out a young man's revenue.
2: Four days will quickly steep themselves in night. Four nights will quickly dream away the time. And then the moon, like to a silver bow, new bent in heaven, shall behold the night of our solemnities.
1: Go, Philostrate, stir up the Athenian youth to merriments. Awake the pert and nimble spirit of mirth. Turn melancholy forth to funerals. The pale companion is not for our pomp. Exit Philostrate. Hippolyta, I wooed thee with my sword, and won thy love doing thee injuries. But I will wed thee in another key, with pomp, with triumph, and with reveling.
0: Enter Aegis, and his daughter Hermia, and Lysander, and Demetrius. Happy be Theseus, our renowned duke. Thanks,
1: good Aegis. What's the news with thee? Full of vexation come I with complaint against my child, my daughter Hermia. Stand forth, Demetrius. My noble
0: lord, this man hath my consent to marry her stand forth lysander in my gracious duke this man hath bewitched the bosom of my child thou thou lysander thou hast given her rhymes and interchanged love tokens with my child thou hast by moonlight at her window sung with feigning voice verses of feigning love and stolen the impression of her fantasy with bracelets of thy hair rings gods conceits knacks, trifles, nosegays, sweetmeats, messengers of strong prevailment in unhardened youth. With cunning hast thou filched my daughter's heart, turned her obedience, which is due to me, to stubborn harshness. And my gracious duke, be it so, she will not hear before your grace consent to marry with Demetrius, I beg the ancient privilege of Athens. As she is mine, I may dispose of her, which shall
1: be either to this gentleman or to her death according to our law, immediately provided in that case. What say you, Hermia? Be advised, fair maid. To you your father should be as a god. One that composed your beauties, yeah, and one to whom you are but as a form in wax, by him imprinted and within his power, to leave the figure or disfigure it. Demetrius is a worthy gentleman. So is Lysander. In himself he is. But in this kind, wanting your father's voice, the other must be held the worthier.
2: I would my father looked but with my eyes. Rather, your
1: eyes must with his judgment look.
2: I do entreat your grace to pardon me. I know not by what power I am made bold, nor how it may concern my modesty in such a presence here to plead my thoughts, but I beseech your grace, that I may know the worst that may befell me in this case, if I refuse to wed Demetrius,
1: either to die the death or to abjure forever the society of men. Therefore, fair Hermia, question your desires, know of your youth, examine well your blood, Whether, if you yield not to your father's choice, you can endure the livery of a nun. For I, to be in shady cloister mewed, to live a barren sister all your life, chanting faint hymns to the cold fruitless moon. Thrice blessed they, that master, sow their blood, to undergo such maiden pilgrimage. But earthlier happy is the rose distilled than that which withering on the virgin thorn grows, lives, and dies in single blessedness.
2: So will I grow, so live, so die, my lord. Here I will, my virgin, patent up unto his lordship, whose unwished yoke my soul consents not to give sovereignty.
1: Take time to pause, and by the next new moon, the sealing day betwixt my love and me, for everlasting bond of fellowship, upon that day, either prepare to die for disobedience to your father's will, or else to wed Demetrius as he would, or on Diana's altar to protest for austerity and single life. Relent, sweet Hermia. And Lysander, yield thy crazed title to my certain right. You have her father's love, Demetrius. Let me have Hermia's. Do you marry him? Scornful Lysander, true he hath my love. And what is mine, my love shall render
0: him, and she is mine, and all my right of her. I do estate unto Demetrius.
1: I am, my lord, as well-derived as he, as well-possessed. My love is more than his, my fortune's every way is fairly ranked, if not with vantage as Demetrius's. And which is more than all these boasts can be, I am beloved of beauteous Hermia. Why should not I then prosecute my right? Demetrius, I'll avouch it to his head, made love to Nader's daughter Helena, and won her soul, and she, sweet lady, dotes, devoutly dotes, dotes in idolatry upon this spotted and inconstant man. I must confess that I have heard so much, and with Demetrius thought to have spoke thereof, but being overfull of self-affairs, my mind did lose it. But Demetrius, come, and come Aegis. You shall go with me. I have some private schooling for you both. For you, fair Hermia, look you arm yourself to fit your fancies to your father's will. Or else the law of Athens yields you up, which by no means we may extenuate to death or to a vow of single life. Come, my Hippolyta, what chair, my love? Demetrius and Aegeus, go along. I must employ you in some business against our nuptial and confer with you of something nearly that concerns yourselves. With duty and desire, we follow you. They all exit except Lysander and Hermia. How now, my love? Why is your cheek so pale? How chance the roses there do fade so
2: fast? Be like for want of rain, which I could well beteem them from the tempest of my eyes. Ay, me, for aught that I could ever read,
1: could ever hear, by tale or history, the course of true love never did run smooth. But either it was different in blood,
2: oh cross, too high to be
1: enthralled to low; or else misgraffed in respective years, oh spite, too old to be engaged to young; or else it stood upon the choice of friends, oh hell, to choose love by another's eyes; or if there were sympathy in choice, war, death, or sickness did lay siege to it, making it momentary as a sound, swift as a shadow, short as any dream, brief as the lightning in the collied night that, in a spleen, unfolds both heaven and earth, and ere a man hath power to say, Behold, the jaws of darkness do devour it up, so quick bright things come to confusion.
2: If then true lovers have been ever crossed, it stands as an edict in destiny. Then let us teach our trial patience, because it is a customary cross, as due to love, as thoughts, and dreams, and sighs, wishes, and tears, poor fancy's followers.
1: A good persuasion. Therefore hear me, Hermia. I have a widow aunt, a dowager, of great revenue, and she hath no child. From Athens is her house remote seven leagues, and she respects me as her only son. There, gentle Hermia, may I marry thee and to that place the sharp Athenian law cannot pursue us. If thou lovest me then, steal forth thy father's house to-morrow night, and in the wood a league without the town, where I did meet thee once with Helena, to do observance to a morn of May, there will I stay for
2: thee. My good Lysander, I swear to thee by Cupid's strongest bow, by his best arrow, with the golden head, by the simplicity of Venus's doves by that which kniteth souls and prospers loves, and by that fire which burned the Carthage Queen, when the false Trojan under sail was seen, by all the vows that ever men have broke, in number more than ever women spoke. In that same place thou hast appointed me, tomorrow, truly, will I meet with thee.
1: Keep promise, love. Look, here comes Helena. Enter Helena.
2: speed, fair Helena.
0: Whither away? Call you me fair? That fair again unsay. Demetrius loves your fair. Oh, happy fair! Your eyes are stars, in your tongue's sweet air, more tunable than lark to shepherd's ear, when wheat is green, when hawthorn buds appear. Sickness is catching. Oh, were favor so! Yours would I catch, fair Hermia, ere I go. My ear should catch your voice, my eye your eye. My tongue should catch your tongue's sweet melody, Were the world mine, Demetrius being baited, The rest I'd give to be to you translated. O teach me how you look, and with what art You sway the motion of Demetrius's heart. I frown
2: upon him, yet he loves me still. Oh that your frowns would teach my smiles such skill. I give him curses, yet he gives me love. Oh that my prayers could such affection move. The more I hate, the more he follows me. The more I love, the more he hateth me. His folly, Helena, is no fault of mine. None but your beauty, would that fault were mine. Take comfort, he no more shall see my face. Lysander and myself will fly this place. Before the time I did, Lysander's sea seemed Athens as a paradise to me. Oh, then, what graces in my love do dwell, that he hath turned a heaven unto hell?
1: Helen, to you our minds we will unfold. Tomorrow night, when Phoebe doth behold her silver visage in the watery glass, decking with liquid pearl the bladed grass, a time that lovers' flights doth still conceal, through Athens' gates have we devised to steal.
2: And in the wood where often you and I upon faint primrose beds were wont to lie, emptying our bosoms of their council, sweet. There my Lysander and myself shall meet, and thence from Athens turn away our eyes to seek new friends and stranger companies. Farewell, sweet playfellow, pray thou for us, and good luck grant thee thy Demetrius. Keep word, Lysander, we must starve our sight from lovers' food till morrow deep midnight. Exit Hermia.
1: I will, my Hermia. Helena, adieu. As you on
0: him, Demetrius dote on you. Exit Lysander. How happy some or other some can be! Through Athens I am thought as fair as she. But what of that? Demetrius thinks not so. He will not know what all but he do know. And as he errs doting on Hermia's eyes, so I, admiring of his qualities, things base and vile, holding no quantity, love can transpose to form and dignity. Love looks not with the eyes, but with the mind, and therefore is winged Cupid painted blind. Nor hath love's mind of any judgment taste. Wings and no eyes figure unheedy haste, and therefore is love said to be a child, because in choice he is so oft beguiled, as waggish boys in game themselves forswear. So the boy love is perjured everywhere, for ere Demetrius looked on Hermia's eye. He hailed down oaths that he was only mine. And when this hail some heat from Hermia felt, so he dissolved and showers of oaths did melt. I will go tell him of fair Hermia's flight. Then to the wood will he tomorrow night pursue her, and for this intelligence, if I have thanks, it is a dear expense. But herein mean I to enrich my pain, to have his sight thither and back again. Hermia exits.